You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back from the break. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. And you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks. Before I jump into Yarvin here, let me just thank everyone who has signed up for pain.tv slash gold, folks. Thank you very much. You get the ad-free video version to the Dustin Gold Standard and the Thomas Payne Podcast and access to the Facebook-like website and app where you can communicate with a like-minded group of folks and share ideas. I get a lot of intelligence from there. I told you I'm meeting people all the time that reach out to me that I'm going to have on as guests. So it is a blessing to be part of that community. So I suggest you check it out. To everyone else listening on the free side, uh, please leave us a five-star review and a comment over at Apple Podcasts. It really helps us move up the charts, folks. And we are growing. I know there's a lot of you listening. And so... I think we're at something like, I I don't know, Apple's weird. We were at like 75-star reviews, which is not bad for the first 70 episodes. Um, And then all of a sudden, in the last couple days, five of them disappeared. So who knows what kind of rigging goes on over there. So I'd like to get that to 100. So if you haven't done that yet, please do so. Because after that, we have to grow to 1,000 of them. (laughs) It's just the way it works. We're sitting here playing the technocrats gamified game. But just do me a favor. I know you're listening to the show, which means you like the show. So please... Just leave a five-star review over there. Write a comment if you can, just a couple of sentences. I appreciate it. It really does help. All right, let's get into this. Yesterday, we left off, uh, and it was saying another post that spurred outrage discussed far-right Norwegian mass murderer uh, uh, Anders Brivik. Yarvin argued that the political organizations of left heroes like Che Guevara and Nelson Mandela also murdered civilians and they should face condemnation too. All right, so we're talking about this Curtis Yarvin character, folks. If you don't know who he is, listen to episode 71 and that will give you an understanding. But basically, this guy is behind the Dark Enlightenment, the New Right. Uh, neo-reactionary politics, and one of his companies uh, was funded uh, by Peter Thiel. He has the ear of Peter Thiel. He apparently watched the 2016 election uh, in the company of Peter Thiel. This guy has shifted and shaped uh, various movements on the internet. He is uh, a software programmer, software engineer out of Silicon Valley. And so, a very interesting character. I'll get Marie Albanese, co-host of the Thomas Paine Podcast, on Fridays to come on because she's done more research into uh, Curtis Yarvin than I have, but she wants me to talk about it because she said it's very important and does fall in line with what I've been talking about lately, which is this push to anoint Elon Musk as sort of the king of the technocracy. And so Yarvin, as we discussed yesterday, is really behind the idea of having a king, a monarch, a dictator, a CEO run the country. 
and he talks to the right, right? So he sells this idea that we're up against the left. We have to push back against the left. We have to to knock the left out of power and then fire all the bureaucrats, stuff we'd agree with. But then his answer to it is to have this all-powerful king who oversees the entire country and the king will answer to the people. But the only way that actually could happen, folks, is through technocracy. All right, let's say the people voted. Well, then you're back to a democracy, which he claims he is against the democracy. He wants to uproot uh, and reset the democracy. So if everyone, let's say, voted from an app, uh, then you'd be voting to the king, and then the king would... Um, basically, the king would move forward with the will of the people. He'd enact the will of the people. All right, so again, it's like Peter Thiel. There's a lot of... Um, a lot of things that don't add up, don't make sense. But I just want to give you a little more on Yarvin because this is important. Yarvin was out of the blogging game for the early Trump years, though he did attend Thiel's watch party for the 2016 election. But in his time away, his influence grew. Now, again, so now this guy is at Peter Thiel's watch party in 2016. So it tells you he's somebody, right? He's not just some dude in his mother's basement who is spouting off you know crazy ideology he got money from peter thiel for one of his companies uh he has inspired blake masters and jd vance candidates backed by peter thiel blake masters works for peter thiel so it's not just he's not a nobody he wields some sort of influence it says, but in his time away, his influence grew. To some on the right, Yarvin's longtime obsessions seemed both uh, present and clarifying. The cathedral anticipated the great awakening and the social justice wars, as Jacob Siegel has written, presidential powerlessness before the, quote, deep state, end quote, predicted Trump's struggles in getting his agenda done. All right, and so we could talk about uh, the cathedral later and the great awakening. Um, and and here, if I'll just show you, if you want to do some research on this yourself, you can look up uh, Google Vox, the great awakening. A hidden shift is revolutionizing American racial politics and could transform the future of the Democratic Party. I'm not going to get into that today because I don't want to get totally off subject here. But it says, additionally, Trump himself proved a filter of sorts to the conservative intellectual class. As the president disclaimed the norms of classically liberal democracy, conservatives who were attached to those norms either self-selected out of the party or got purged. The pro-Trump intellectual space was taken by the new right. Thinkers arguing the left's control of culture, society, and government have gotten so bad that extreme measures were necessary to reverse it, and that previous GOP leaders were too hesitant to fully recognize they're in a war and need to fight back. 
All right. Now, what I find to be quite interesting, folks, again, this is coming from Vox. This is from a left-leaning writer, but sometimes we can find the truth in these articles because we're so used to reading things that we agree with and then uh, drive us further into an echo chamber. Now, I will call out when this author is making mistakes, I believe, by making this, again, a left-right issue. But yes, you had this new movement, this new right. I remember it clearly because I was active uh, on Twitter with a fairly big account back in 2015-16. I was going to a lot of Trump rallies, dressed up like Trump, doing a Trump impression. It was unbelievable. I was there with Right Side Broadcasting, who was streaming all of the rallies. Uh, I got on InfoWars a few times. I think I was interviewed twice by Owen Schroyer, dressed up as Donald Trump. Uh, he had me out as myself with Terrence Williams. If you remember him, he would eat fried chicken on Twitter. I actually did a couple of comedy shows with Terrence Williams. So I was in and around that game. I was doing a lot of interviews on the New Right uh, movement podcasts that were growing. I didn't really fully understand what it was back then. I thought it was cool. I thought it was like conservatism was becoming the new punk rock. Uh, but now I'm starting to see what was behind that movement. I knew that Peter Thiel was behind MAGA3X and the Deplorable where I went dressed up as Trump, and that's where I met Owen Schroyer of InfoWars, uh, Mike Cernovich and others. Mike Cernovich I took a picture with but never talked to him again. Um, but I had met some people. I went there to, uh, to network and make some contacts as I was trying to market my Trump character and some of the other political comedians that I had managed. So I was in and around that world. Now, interesting point this is off topic, but Maria Albanese told me to bring it up. So I have Owen Schroyer on text. I was able to text back and forth with him. He had Douglas Ducote on, who I used to manage and produced his show. Uh, they did like a veteran special with him. And another guy I used to do some streaming with, American Joe, who was a veteran. And I had gone on InfoWars, as I said, a couple of times. And they had a one-hour um special i was going to do over the internet as trump with roger stone but it got canceled because roger stone got arrested that was when his house got raided was the day we were supposed to do that show well i happened to be going through austin texas with terrence williams uh for one of the comedy shows i did with him and i had reached out to owen i said hey i'm gonna be coming through the area why don't you let me stop by the studio as donald trump and come and do something with you guys and they wouldn't let me they wouldn't let me come to the studio i was like what is this some cia underground bunker which uh, i've come to believe it probably is but uh yeah i wanted to get on there with alex and uh do something at the studio and they wouldn't let me do it so all right anyway let, let, let's continue with this it says take for instance vance talking about jd vance and explaining to podcast host jack murphy why he became a trump supporter after initially uh disdaining him uh disdaining him vance said quote i saw and realized something about the american elite and about my role in the american elite that took me just a little uh just a while to figure out i was red pilled end quote using the reference yarvin helped popularize quote we are in a late republican period end quote vance told murphy 
quote, if we are going to push back against it, we're going to have to get pretty wild and pretty far out there and go in directions that a lot of conservatives right now are uncomfortable with, end quote. Now, I have made the case on several podcasts, uh, not this one, it was before I did the Dustin Gold Standard, that if we were going to battle, and and this was me with my conservative hat on, but if we were going to battle the left on issues like, uh, I probably said this two or three years ago, if we were going to battle the left on issues like uh, pro-life, Right At this time, it had come out that the left was now supporting partial birth abortion or even infanticide, you know, killing the baby when it came out on the uh, hospital table uh, because, let's say, it survived the abortion and the ability to kill it, that we were going to have to go so extreme, we would have to call for uh, complete pro-life measures under no circumstances, no abortion whatsoever. And that is how you had to battle back. You had to take the most extreme opposite of what they were doing if you wanted to fight back. At the same time, I was always advocating for the concept of restoring America or restoring the Constitutional Republic. I'm a little more woke to all that now. But what these guys are advocating for under Yarvin's theories is not that. They are talking to the right, baiting the right with the ideas of pushing back against the left and taking the power from the left, but their solution that they're offering is a king of a technocracy. So you're going to push back with this idea of what will end up being fascist uh, communism. The technocracy wants to control the means of production. And the distribution of the goods and services, that's communism. While at the same time, they want to put a king, a monarch in charge of it, you will have fascism, folks. So that is where these guys have to be. This Thiel network has to be playing people, playing the right, because if they're grabbing the right by saying we're going to fight the left, but the solution is to install technocratic fascist communism, then they are obviously not on the side of freedom and liberty and human autonomy. Folks, when I get back more on this, I am Dust of Gold with the Dust of Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. All right, folks, ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Payne.tv slash gold. Folks, if you haven't checked out the Thomas Payne podcast, I recommend you do so. I used to listen to it religiously. I would mix it in with all of the conspiracy podcasts and technology podcasts, business podcasts I would listen to. Um, and I just haven't had time. I, I feel horrible uh, because I used to drive around in my car a lot. I would listen to eight or ten podcasts a day. And now I've just been so uh, absorbed with just continuing to research technocracy and transhumanism and now networking with everyone who has become part of the Dust and Gold Standard family in and around this show. 
And so that's what all my time goes to now. But check that show out, folks, especially Fridays with Maria Albanese, good friend of mine for the last several years, fantastic person, wealth of knowledge. And Mike has an extensive background in and out of government, investigative journalism, uh, you know, he knows so much and he's over there. He's been on the forefront of dissecting and dismantling the COVID scams and schemes over the last two years. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get back to this. It says after Yarvin stepped away from his startup, the company behind the open source software project Urbit. Now that was funded by Thiel. It was the company that came out of Urbit that was funded by Peter Thiel. Uh, And this was back in 2019 that Yarvin stepped away. It goes on to say, The American Mind, the online publication of the conservative think tank, the Claremont Institute, began publishing Yarvin's essays, effectively welcoming him into the now mainstream discourse on the right. He became a frequent guest on the New Right podcast, and in 2020, he started a substack, at first using it, to post excerpts from an in-progress book, but eventually returning to his blogging roots. Then when Trump tried and failed to overturn that year's election result, Yarvin's longtime interest in, quote, regime change, end quote, suddenly became more relevant. Now, if you remember, most of you, I would say if we were sort of in the mainstream or even the social media world of this uh, Trump well, let's call it Trump conservatism or Trumpism. We were talking about building a wall. We're going to build a wall. It's going to be so great. It'll be so high. It'll not only stop illegal aliens, it'll stop space aliens. Believe me, folks. Believe me. But we were into building a wall. We were into locking her up, right? And then we had this uh, whole movement growing out of Gamergate. You had Milo Yiannopoulos. You had uh, Gavin McGinnis, all these different characters. You had Roger Stone, Alex Jones running around. And we were talking about pushing back against political correctness, which is really cultural Marxism. And for those of you that don't know about this stuff, we can do shows on this. But uh, a pushback against cultural Marxism. It was a pushback against all these leftist ideas. But what we've seen actually happen, folks, in the last seven years since the 2015 presidential election uh the race you know the republican primaries leading into the presidential race and then trump's presidency is actually the left has pushed back so hard that now all of this transgender gender bender stuff has been completely de uh, normalized through these desensitization campaigns uh stuff has only really gotten worse and so there was this war going on and a lot of us thought okay this is great let's push back this is how i saw it let's push back against the left finally let's take the war to them let's try to destroy some of this cultural rot that has come in and destroyed our country our culture and unfortunately that really didn't happen it just kind of further divided people probably all part of a psychological uh, operation in the meantime we lost hold of what we were fighting for which was to restore america to quote unquote make it great again make america and stuff and everything great again let's make america great so incredible we'll do it and so 
that is uh, that is what I think actually happened. Probably part of the operation. The last vestiges of this idea of conservatism, as we saw it in the past, uh, were gone. It had been destroyed and replaced by what they call the new right, which if these articles I've been reviewing are accurate and they're connected to the people like Peter Thiel, I see that the new right is really the push for the right to embrace this idea of technocracy. Uh, I think it's a giant trap, to be honest with you. All right, it goes on to say, how to win absolute power in Washington. Talk of an American coup may sound bizarre, but coups are not that weird. They happen in other countries, and in Yarvin's telling, they've happened in the U.S., sort of. Well, I mean, Christ, we commit coups all over the world. It goes on to say, he argues that Alexander Hamilton, Abraham Lincoln, and Franklin D. Roosevelt each so sweepingly expanded presidential power, centralizing authority and establishing new departments that they can be said to have founded new regimes. Yes, I would agree with that. It goes on to say, but Yarvin wants to see something even more dramatic. In posts such as, quote, reflections on the late election, end quote, and the, quote, butterfly revolution, end quote, and podcast appearances such as those with former Trump official Michael Anton and writer Brian Chow, Yarvin has laid out many specific ideas about how the system could really be fully toppled and replaced with something like a centralized monarchy. Something he frames this as what Trump should have done in 2020. What he should but won't do in 2024 or what some other candidate should do in the future if they want to seize power. Quote, Trump will never do anything like this, end quote, Yarvin wrote. Quote, but I won't disguise my belief that someone should, someone worthy of the task, of course, end quote, right? So again, he is pushing for someone to come in and to uh, rise as, you know, he says a monarch, as a dictator, okay? He thinks there's going to be a benevolent king here. And so he's pushing for the rise of a dictator. Now, it may not be Trump who does this. I think what we're going to slowly see occur over the next uh, few years is this rise of a king from the outside, okay, outside of the political system. And this may be someone like Elon Musk. As I showed you the other day, the narrative is being set up that Musk is this guy pushing back against the federal government, the federal government that built him up and made him into the person he is today and why he's allowed to play the richest man on earth. But they're building him up as this Tony Stark character, this guy who works hand-in-hand with the military-industrial complex, but he's hip and he's cool, and so they're going to set him up to look like he is battling against the corrupt elements of the government I just, I could see it happening. I'm usually pretty good at this. Again, this is my opinion, sort of my theory. Things could change. I'll let you know if I change my mind, but that's kind of what I see happening. And uh, I kind of look at Musk as, even though he gets to play the richest man on the earth, I kind of look at him as a puppet of uh, Peter Thiel. Thiel being the don of the PayPal mafia, Musk coming out of the PayPal mafia, and then Thiel being invested in... uh, many if not all of elon musk companies um 
So I don't know. Musk may be a puppet of Peter Thiel. And then Joe Rogan goes over and promotes Elon Musk going back to 2018 as the guy who should govern the technocratic system and artificial intelligence and transhumanism. And Rogan makes him look cool. They smoke a joint. They drink whiskey together. And so one could argue that Peter Thiel is behind uh, Joe Rogan and a bunch of the intellectual dark web folks that Rogan surrounds himself with uh, and that uh, Peter Thiel is also behind. But, you know, the Weinstein brothers, for instance, one of them is a Peter Thiel employee, folks. So we, we can get into that, hopefully, with Maria Albanese. Um, it's not stuff I'm afraid to talk about. I'll talk about anybody, anytime, anywhere. There's only a couple of uh, topics that I that I have to shy away from or will be censored and banned everywhere, and I'm saving those conversations later for some sort of premium content behind the pain.tv slash gold paywall where it stays private and we can talk about this stuff in a way that won't get us censored. Because if we get censored and we lose the ability to put out the show, then all the solution ideas that are coming and we'll talk about are also going to be um you know wiped off the radar and that will not be good uh we're playing a game on their battlefield they set up the landmines the speed bumps you know the roadblocks and so we have to maneuver around those in a strategic way you know at the end of the day when you are doing podcasting you are playing within the sandbox owned and controlled by the technologists and the technocrats that you unfortunately are trying to expose and educate people about but that's just the way it is it goes on to say it is basically a set of thought experiments about how to dismantle u.s democracy and its current system of government writer john gans reviewing some of yarbin's proposals concluded quote if that's not the product of a fascist imagination i don't know what possibly could be end quote many of these are similar to events preceding the fall of democracies elsewhere in the world again yarbin's prominent fans like vance and masters wouldn't fully endorse this program masters told nbc that he would have quote a different prescription end quote of what to do than Yarvin, and that he believes in the Constitution, but some aspects of it have caught their attention. Campaign on it and win. First off, the would-be dictator should seek a mandate from the people by running for president and openly campaigning on the platform of, as he put it to Chow, quote, if I'm elected, I'm going to assume absolute power in Washington and rebuild the government, end quote. All right, so it's similar to the rhetoric that came out of Trump. I'm the man who can fix it, the only one who can fix it, right? Only I alone can do it, folks. Only I alone can do it. So what they're advocating for, again, this is where a lot of this doesn't make sense to me. And so you're going to start to see an alternative solution they'll probably offer, that we need this technocratic president, this technocratic king outside of the system, is because if you say that the person should campaign and therefore they end up with the mandate uh, from the people, you can't believe that any this person could win in an election 
if you've already gotten on board with the idea that the presidential election in 2020 was rigged, because if Trump was the president, I've explained this before, folks, but if Trump was the president and he couldn't stop the election from being rigged and stolen, then how is anyone running from the outside who is saying they're going to tear apart the current form of government, literally reset it, reboot it, and install a technocratic king who's going to seize total power and answer only to the will of the people but ignore everything else and basically strip down government how is that person going to be allowed to win an election when all of the institutions involved if you believe the fbi the cia everything else is corrupt uh how how would that happen they would just rig the election in the other way so that's why a lot of what they talk about doesn't make sense because on one hand they believe the election was rigged on the other hand they believe they could win an election with a guy who claims that he's going to be a dictator and his job is to overthrow and dismantle the current form of government and fire everyone inside of the government which would mean everyone inside of the government would be on board with rigging the election against this particular person you see so when you break down their rhetoric using common sense and critical thinking and you know they have the ability to do that in fact they have artificial intelligence that would tell them this they know that that is not something that would work nor fly anyway folks so this goes to show you that they're up to something a lot more nefarious than throwing this rhetoric around and again yarvin is influential or he would not have money from Peter Thiel, nor be in Peter Thiel's inner circle, nor be able to hang out with Peter Thiel at his 2016 election party. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. We'll figure this out, folks. I am Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. 